It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Tuesday, a sunny and warmer Tuesday. We'll talk about weather coming up here in just about 15 minutes or so. But first, let's get uh, reports from our departments as our midday program is coming up over the next couple hours. Jason Jorgensen's in here along with Bob Brogan. We'll check in first, though, with Susan Littlefield in the Farm Department. Well, thanks, Scott. Here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. Alex is going to kick everything off at 1219 as we learn about the Go Ape Treetop journey. Then at 1245, Rebel talks about Kasner students preparing to return to campus. And Chabella will wrap everything up at 117 as we look back on ethanol 15 years. It's a midday from the farm team. All right. Thank you so much, Susan. I turn it over to... Sports now, and uh, oof, yeah, we're still waiting. Still waiting on what they've uh, come up with with the Big Ten. Uh, ACC le- said last night that they plan on playing. Well, they are going to. Uh, and, you know, he, is, he has struggled on the field the last two years. But Scott Frost could not have been any better yesterday in that press conference. Yeah. That's, that's what a leader looks like. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it has made a lot of national news. All of a sudden, people are talking a little bit about Nebraska football. Right well, now. and all of a sudden, then you have Ryan Day from Ohio State yeah. coming out. Jim Harbaugh has been, he's been chirping for a while that he wants to play, but he's dealing with a governor in his state that does not see things the same way he does. Uh, James Franklin put out a release. So, uh, you know, whether you agree or disagree, Scott Frost laid out some great reasons to play yesterday whether that happens or not i don't know my my gut tells me that uh, that was kind of a trial balloon put out by the big 10 to see how people would respond to that and they got their answer they they want to see some football but a lot of politics involved well there absolutely is and but it appears that frost might have the the backing of his athletic department which is good and moose seems to have said all along that he wanted to play i still think it's a pipe dream though if the big 10 closes things down and that nebraska one is allowed and two and is able to cobble some schedule together and go out and play i mean i saw delusions of grandeur yesterday right <laughs> on twitter and people say, well, we just go back and play the Big 12 teams. Well, if I'm the Big 12, I tell Nebraska to pound sand because right. Nebraska left that conference. Right. I mean, unless they need Nebraska to make up, you know, to help them make up some games. So, I don't know. I think if it's if it's safe and they can pull it off, we, we all want to see football. Well, I hope so. But I wouldn't bet on the Big 12 just op- you know, <laughs> opening their arms back up and giving Nebraska a big bear hug for a year. Well, uh, delusions of grandeur have uh, been a big part of what we've done over the last couple of years. So, 20 years. 20 years, for sure. All right, thank you, Jason. Let's turn it over to Bob Rogan. And uh, stocks are up a little bit today, Bob. Stocks are higher, pushing the S&P 500 closer to the all-time high it reached back in February before the coronavirus Shutdown slammed the economy. Also, U.S. wholesale prices shot up an unexpected six-tenths percent in July, the biggest gain since October 2018. And Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says it's more important to have a safe and effective vaccine against the coronavirus than to be the first to produce a vaccine. So we anxiously await uh, any vaccine to come down the pike. 
All right, that's all coming up on... When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listing area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney. This is why they have the interstate shut down. Water's over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that, obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880 KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, I learned a new word today, <laughs> derecho. And uh, it went, that was something you talk about weather affecting agriculture, which it always does. But the pictures of this thing was 770 miles long yeah. and the damage it did and still people without power because of just the massive force of that wind yeah wind gusts to 100 miles per hour mm. the equivalent of an inland hurricane with those storms and yesterday we saw on the map numerous we we reports about, it, yeah. about central iowa there of 70 to 80 mile an hour wind gusts i mean they were just piled one after another on top of the, each other and uh, that definitely was the case with that storm system. They were showing pictures of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and the the corn was just folded over. It was just and and again we kind of kind of started around Omaha, Fremont, Omaha had some pretty high wind gusts, and then it just took off. But this thing was that wow. It was impressive. Yeah, very intense thunderstorms, especially for the morning hours, because, yeah, it yeah. started up in south to see, southeast South Dakota. Much of northeast Nebraska was in a severe thunderstorm watch, and then it started going a little more to the south of the aggregate, like Omaha, to the severe thunderstorm mm-hmm. watch. And Metro Omaha was in a severe thunderstorm morning at one time with that system yesterday morning. Crazy, crazy. Much quieter weather picture right now across the area. Most of us with temperatures currently in the upper 70s to the low 80s. We do have some low and mid-70s on into the southern Nebraska Panhandle where they do have some clouds and maybe a little bit of light rain trying to get squeezed from the clouds towards Alliance and Bridgeport and also maybe an isolated thunderstorm in the Nebraska Sandhills just to the south of uh, Bingham, which is southeast of Alliance. We are starting to see those dew points crank back up, especially in central and eastern areas of Nebraska from about the Tri-Cities and Ord area on into Eastern areas where we do have dew points in the upper 60s to low 70s. Otherwise, the dew points, for the most part, in the low 60s. Mainly sunny for today, slightly warmer than usual on the temperatures. Winds will be southerly just ahead of low pressure along the high plains. Some scattered thunderstorms across western Nebraska to eastern Colorado late today will track to the east. Some of those storms could reach central and eastern areas for tonight, just a slim chance of that. The warmer trend will continue for tomorrow through Friday with highs reaching into the 90s, our warmest days of the next seven days for tomorrow through Friday. 
Thunderstorm is expected to start in western Nebraska and southwest South Dakota late tomorrow, then roll southeast through tomorrow night. Now, if the storm's organized, they could bring a wind and hail threat with much of the area in a marginal severe risk from the Storm Prediction Center. Small chances for thunderstorms do continue for Thursday through Thursday night with another marginal severe risk. The better chance, though, for storms with that system should focus across the Dakotas with low pressure moving in from the Pacific Northwest. A cold front still on track for a arrival on Saturday night. Temperatures will be seasonal to just above normal ahead of that front, then cooler for Sunday and Monday behind the front. Thunderstorm chances remain off and on. There will be more dry periods than wet with no strong signal over the next seven days for widespread rain. In the long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures likely to be slightly above normal as much warmer air looms just to the west for Sunday through August 24th. Now for reference, daytime highs for central Nebraska during that time Usually in the mid-80s with average overnight lows in the low 60s. With the ridge of high pressure to our west, a pretty strong one cutting off that main storm track. Below normal rainfall is likely Sunday through the 24th for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the western two-thirds of the U.S. So not much rain expected over the next seven days. And the 8 to 14, uh, 7 to 14-day forecast also not looking very good. Weather factors influencing the markets include the impact of early week storms in the Midwest and increased corn crop estimates in Brazil. A complex of very strong thunderstorms with wind gusts of 100 miles per hour in many locations. Once again, the equivalent of an inland hurricane moved across the central Midwest yesterday. A swath from Iowa to Indiana sustained extensive wind damage to crops and storage facilities. Moderate to locally heavy rain. Beneficial, though, from that storm, especially for drier areas of Iowa, southern Wisconsin, and northern Illinois. Much of the Midwest remains in favorable conditions for filling corn and soybeans. More showers will continue the rest of the week, with the exception of towards the Great Lakes. The northern plains have favorable crop conditions. Scattered rain returns tomorrow through Saturday before a few more days of dryness. The rotating periods of dryness and rain should benefit both the harvest of spring wheat and the filling of corn. The effect of favorable weather during the Brazil second corn crop season continues. Larger, the latest estimates from the Brazil area predict a new record corn harvest of more than 102 million metric tons. All right, very good. Well, another uh, weekend warm-up, it looks like, huh, Paul? Exactly, and it looks like it's going to stay very dry and just maybe some intermittent chances of thunderstorms this week, but nothing really too promising. Okay, very good. Thank you. Where do you go to check in on your weather, Paul? WeatherTap, KRBN.com. If you're looking for something to do to round out your summer, go ape. I'm Alex Wachowski reporting on the Rural Radio Network. The company Go Ape recently opened two new additions to the Treetop Adventure Course at Eugene T. Mahoney State Park near Ashland. Nikki Kiwis is the site manager and she shares about the Treetop Adventure Course. The Adventure Course and the Journey Course are the same structure. Um, you are put onto the system by an instructor where you stay on the system and you follow a series of obstacles, um, different crossings, rope bridges, stuff like that, um, that leads up to a zip line and then you come back down to the ground through the zip line. Um, so the adventure course has six different sites um, and they get increasingly more difficult and higher up um, and they're a lot longer and really challenging. Um, on the journey course, which is our new course this year, um, we've got three loops. And the three loops are easy, medium, hard, and they can do them in as many times as they want to in an hour time frame. 
and there's the two zip lines that they come down to. So it's still the same structure where they follow the path in the trees and then get back down to the ground with a zip line. The treetop journey course and the monkey drop freefall activity were just added earlier this year, but the overall adventure course has been at Mahoney since 2018. Nikki says it's a fun activity for people of all ages. They really enjoy getting to be outside. Um, some people, I guess, don't expect it to be as challenging as it is. Uh, kind of the cool thing about the way the courses are designed is that you can really make it as easy or as hard as you want to, depending on what it is you're holding on to. So it's, it's cool to see how people challenge themselves um, and people come out and they're like, oh man, I feel so good. They give them pat, themselves a pat on the back and it's just, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing to do as a family too. Now, even though you're 25 feet in the air, balancing on these swinging bridges while you're in a harness that's attached to a cable, Nikki says that safety is a top priority at Go Ape. From the instructor perspective though, um, we do train all of our, our guests so we show them how to use the equipment, how to use the course, what how it functions, um, and cover our safety protocols, um, policy, stuff like that before they go up. Um, so it's self-discovery, so our instructors are placed at certain positions throughout the course to offer assistance when needed, but we allow our guests to go and try it out for themselves. Nikki is originally from Virginia, and she says she's always loved the adventurous lifestyle. When I was in high school, I did scouts and we did high ropes adventure um, activities as a, a troop. And then when I was in my early 20s after college, I found that we had a site opening up where I'm from. Um, I was like, cool, this sounds like fun. This just brings back all those those great times that I had when I was growing up. And uh, it's it was a great team culture. Um, so I just wanted to get involved with that, you know having a tight-knit group um, and seeing other people challenge themselves and achieve their own goals. And finally, Nikki says that facial coverings, closed-toed and closed-heeled shoes and gloves are required right now. And her advice for when you book your visit? Come with an open mind. Um, just enjoy the day. Um, enjoy your time with us and enjoy the challenge that it presents. Um, let us know if you guys have any issues and we're healthy, happy to help you kind of walk through the best way to do a crossing. But it's just, it's just a lot of fun to just come out and just experience it. Again, that's Nikki Kiewicz. She is the site manager for Go Ape at Mahoney State Park near Ashland. And you can make your reservations for the Go Ape Treetop Adventure course by going to goape.com and click on locations. And if you want to see a video of the treetop course, you can find that by going to ruralradio.com and searching for Friday 5. I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. And it's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jason. Hey, thanks. Well, the status of the college football landscape and fall sports in general at the Division I level continues to hold the spotlight in America. Nebraska head coach Scott Frost made a strong plea to the Big Ten not to cancel the season yesterday. And quarterback Adrian Martinez says the Husker players feel safe in Lincoln. I'm thankful I'm here. I'm thankful I'm a part of Nebraska and this program. And I know for a fact that Nebraska is taking care of us here and... Our coaches, our players, this locker room, we want to play, and we're going to do whatever we can do to find a way to play. Now, the Huskers went through another practice earlier today. The Big Ten presidents reportedly had a Zoom call today and will officially vote to either delay the season or cancel it. We'll let you know how that turns out. Massachusetts has become the latest school from the football bowl subdivision, college football's highest level to cancel. UMass is an independent in football, and its decision affects only that sport. 
Most of UMass's athletic teams compete in the Atlantic 10. Carney High continues to work on its football schedule. The Bearcats had changes due to losing games to a couple of Omaha schools and Grand Island not being able to play in the opening week due to COVID. Carney will now open up the season at home against Lincoln Southeast in Week 1. They're still looking to fill Week 2, and they will now play Grand Island in the final game of the regular season. Memphis, Portland, San Antonio, and Phoenix are the last four teams standing in the race for the last two play-in spots in the NBA's Western Conference, and all four teams are in action today. The margin between the 8th-place Grizzlies and the 11th-place Spurs at the start of the day was just one game, and all four clubs have two games remaining. St. Louis Cardinals continue to have their schedule altered after eight players tested positive for the coronavirus. Major League Baseball has announced that the Cardinals scheduled games on Thursday. A doubleheader against Detroit have now been postponed. MLB has seen 29 games postponed due to the virus, 15 of those involving the Cardinals. Kansas City, who's won four in a row and looked good last week, well, they'll look to improve to 8-10 and 10 on the season tonight. They're on the road with a series that begins in Cincinnati. First pitch is set for shortly after 6 Central. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. And it's time for Midday News. Ellen Simmons is now stepped in. and Well, Ellen, Black Hills Energy is uh, once again going to be uh, collecting, and uh, you won't be able to hold off on your bill anymore. Yeah, so as the COVID-19 pandemic continues and the public finds its new normal, Black Hills Energy is resuming their collection, and that'll be as of August fifteenth, 2020. The company offers multiple ways to assist those customers who need the financial support. Those resources include... 211.org, a free service that connects people to help in meeting essential needs. Black Hills Cares. This helps eligible residential customers pay their Black Hills energy bill. The program uses voluntary donations and match those contribution dollars for, excuse me, contributions dollar for dollar. Budget billing is a free staple pay, stable payment plan. It gives customers more predictable bills by averaging the amount you pay each month. Uh, there's payment arrangements. This provides uh, extended payment terms to help customers get back on track. And then there's also medical extensions. These offer qualifying uh, residents, residential customers a limited extension of time to pay their utility bill. Additional assistance programs are available in certain areas, and you can find more information on that at blackhillsenergy.com. The iconic summer job for high school and college students has been on the wane for nearly 20 years, but the pandemic is squeezing even more young people out of the workforce. Some are borrowing more money, others have turned to pick up jobs like Instacart, only to compete with older people who are similarly sidelined. Uh, Drexel University education profession- professor says summer work remains crucial for young people's development, often leading to higher earnings and higher levels of education. According to Bureau of Labor Statistics, the unemployment rate for people ages 16 to 24 was 18.5% in July, compared with 9.1% the same month last year. During the governor's briefing Monday morning, representatives for the state's 13 private colleges, Dr. Darren Good, who is also the president of Nebraska Wesleyan University, says all 13 private schools have put in place have put into place measures to help students who may need quarantined. 
All campuses have identified spaces on their campus to uh, house students who have been exposed to somebody who tests positive or has symptoms, as well as sometimes isolation rooms where students who have tested positive or have symptoms can live until uh, they're well again. Nebraska's independent colleges and universities serve 35,000 students. Good says they have put temperature screenings in place and are working closely with local health departments to ensure access to testing. Many of the institutions are also receiving Test Nebraska test kits to implement testing on our own campuses. A legislative staffer who previously worked as a lobbyist and child advocate has been chosen as Nebraska's next inspector general for child welfare. Jennifer Carter will serve as a legislative watchdog over Nebraska's child welfare services. She currently serves as a staff lawyer for the legislature's Health and Human Services Committee and previously worked as a lobbyist and consultant and director of public policy for the group Nebraska Appleseed. Carter will replace Julie Rogers, who was chosen in January to become Nebraska State Ombudsman. Sorry, She will start in her new role on September 2nd. You can find more news at krvn.com. All right. Thank you very much, Ellen. Um. Students in the College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln are gearing up to head back to campus. I'm visiting with Recruitment Associate Taylor Hart and Student Development Coordinator Megan Schaefer. To start this year has obviously been very challenging, but what has the recruitment and enrollment process looked like this summer? Yeah, so the recruitment process obviously has looked a little different because we really enjoy bringing students to campus and getting to experience everything that our college and especially East Campus has to offer. Um, So we have taken our visits and made them virtual. Um, So students are able to sign in at a specific time and meet with an advisor, faculty member, or recruiter in a specific academic area as they would like to. So kind of that's typically what we would do. And we've just moved it virtually online. One thing that we've also been offering are our conversations with CASNR, which we've had four different segments. Um, and they've all been based around different topics in our area, in our college, like growing um like feeding the world, the next generation of leaders. So we've kind of split up our majors based on those topics and let students sign up for those different opportunities that they have. Um, So that's kind of one thing that we've been doing specifically on the recruitment side and then rules. I've seen a lot of things on social media about the Kasner Changemaker Competition. Tell me about that and what that entailed. One other program that we've launched this spring was the Kasner Changemaker Quick Pitch Competition, and that was for incoming freshmen or transfer students and returning students and also 6th through 11th grade um, students to pitch their big idea of how they want to make a change in the world. So they were able to send in a two-minute video surrounding a different um, brand challenge that is facing our world and how they would want to solve that. So with that, we have selected eight incoming students to receive um, full tuition scholarships to Kastner and two returning students as well. And we also have nine um, sixth through 11th grade $1,000 scholarship students that um, they received based on their videos. 
We are working with mentors to kind of help them implement their ideas and guide them along um, what it's going to take to make their mark on the world and really create a lasting change. Megan, as the student development coordinator for the college, what is CASNR doing to prepare students to come back to campus this fall? Great question. Um, so even though a lot of things look really different, the main functions of the university are still happening. And so faculty and staff and students are still preparing um, for classes and moving back to Lincoln or back to campus in, in ways that they always would. Uh, I think we're just having to be really innovative about ways that we're offering some of those functions of our university, thinking about making sure classes, um, which again, I think we'll talk more about the, the class formats available, but making sure um, we're updating how we offer classes so that they fit within the CDC guidelines, um, but also still offer the quality UNL and CASNR education that students come here for. Um, so making sure that there's, there's still great um, experiences and learning opportunities available. And same with um, student activities and programs and student services. All of these things are still being offered. The ways in which they're being offered might look different, but it's really important to us that our students still feel the Kavner community and know they're a part of it. And so we're here, and we want to make sure that you all have the support that you need and the activities that are helpful for your education and your social outlets. So all of the, like, while how we're preparing and how we're offering things is different, um, we're, we're still getting ready. We're excited to have campus be alive again and to be, um, to have all of the students back and learning and have our community back. From a student perspective, what are some things they should keep in mind or prepare themselves for for their classes in this new format? Uh, I think the important thing with classes being offered in newer, new ways maybe that they haven't been offered before is for each student to think about what do I need this fall and how will I get that, right? So um, we're offering in-person classes as much as possible and we know a lot of students prefer that mode of learning, but if that's something that is not comfortable for you, um, I want to make sure that students are reaching out and asking for what they need to feel comfortable and be able to have the education that um, they still are looking for from the university. And so I think think about what you need and find ways to to make that happen this fall, even if it's not the, the, the way you would choose in a regular situation. Once again, that was Recruitment Associate Taylor Hart and Student Development Coordinator Megan Schaefer from UNL's College of Agricultural Sciences and Natural Resources. Students will begin the semester with a week of remote learning beginning on August 17th and then begin in-person instruction. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Rebel Siclota reporting on the Rural Radio Network. On. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are moving higher on Wall Street, pushing the S&P 500 ever closer to the all-time high it reached back in February before the coronavirus shutdown slammed the economy. 
The index was up four-tenths of a percent in morning trading. European markets were also higher. The gains followed President Donald Trump's announcement that he was considering cuts to taxes on capital gains and income. Declines in big-name tech stocks like Apple and Microsoft kept the market's gains in check. U.S. wholesale prices shot up an unexpected six-tenths percent in July, the biggest gain since October 2018, on a big increase in energy prices. The Labor Department said today that the jump last month in its producer price index, which measures inflation before it reaches consumers, followed a two-tenths percent drop in June. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar says it's more important to have a safe and effective vaccine against the coronavirus than to be the first to produce a vaccine. Azar, in a visit to Taiwan, told ABC that it's important to have transparent data on the vaccine to prove its safety and efficacy. He also noted the U.S. has six vaccines in development. Meanwhile, White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway expressed skepticism about the testing backing up Russia's claim that it has developed a COVID-19 vaccine. The iconic summer job for high school and college students has been on the wane for nearly 20 years, but the pandemic is squeezing even more young people out of the workforce. Some are borrowing more money. Others have turned to pick up jobs like Instacart, only to compete with other people who are similarly sidelined. A Drexel University education professor says summer work remains crucial for young people's development, often leading to higher earnings and higher levels of education. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Coronavirus Crisis. As confirmed cases top 5 million in the U.S., more than any other country, health experts are worried a huge motorcycle rally in Sturgis, South Dakota, could further the spread of COVID-19. In suburban Atlanta, North Paulding High School has reverted to online instruction after reporting coronavirus infections among at least six students and three staff members. And as cases increase in the Midwest, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is urging state legislators to approve a mask mandate that emphasizes education first with as a last resort for businesses with repeat violations. Imagine if someone could walk into a restaurant, light a cigarette, blow smoke in your face, and all the smoker had to say is, well, it's my choice. For the first time since mid-March, the TSA screened more than 800,000 passengers Sunday. The figure is still a third of what it was the same time last year. In Atlanta, Jonathan Seri, Fox News. Coronavirus crisis. It's been a rough year for ethanol, but on Saturday, August 8th, the industry celebrated the 15th anniversary of President George W. Bush's signing of the Energy Policy Act of 2005, which created the Renewable Fuel Standard. Jeff Cooper, president and CEO of Renewable Fuels Association, says the policy was a bipartisan success. And it passed by overwhelming margins in both chambers of Congress before arriving on the president's desk. Uh, But that certainly doesn't mean it was an easy feat to get the RFS Uh, into that legislation and and signed into law. Uh, The legislation was the result of of complex negotiations uh, and and truly genuine compromises. You know, it turned out that the RFS was such a success that just two years later, Congress expanded and extended it as part of the Energy Independence and Security Act of 2007. Randy Doyle, RFA board member and CEO of Alcorn Clean Fuel, says the RFS was put into place to reduce the need of imported fuel and to have a renewable energy source. The ethanol that we're producing for fuel is incredibly renewable. The energy source 
for our ethanol is the sun. Those corn plants are the best solar collectors out there and they're collecting that solar energy, converting it into a form and storing it in a little tiny batteries called corn kernels. And our job as producers is to unzip that and turn it back into a liquid fuel that we can use to fuel our cars. So we're putting the power of the sun in our tanks and cleaning up our air at the same time. The ethanol industry has had to battle COVID-19's effects on the market and is also waiting for a decision from EPA on 86 pending small refinery exemptions after the U.S. Department of Energy finished a review and sent those requests back to EPA. Cooper says they haven't heard back on what those recommendations would be. I think it would be absolutely insane for DOE to recommend approval of any of those uh, gap year waivers. I mean, if, if the refiner didn't feel like they experienced hardship back in 2012 or 2013 um, and didn't ask for an exemption back then, how in the world can they now? It's also an election year and talk of policies are being toted by both candidates. On July 14th, Joe Biden announced a policy to establish America as a clean energy leader. The Renewable Fuels Association says this is good news, but Cooper says they haven't discussed the policy with Biden. You know, he's made uh, a number of statements in the past indicating his support of renewable fuels and of of the RFS. You know, he he has vocally supported uh, greater expansion of E15. We we would have liked to see more discussion or conversation of renewable fuels in the plan that the the Biden campaign released a a few weeks ago. But, you know, we we think that gives us just another opportunity uh, to sit down with the Biden campaign and and discuss uh, the impact that renewable fuels uh, can and should have. Biden is seen to have a focus on policies to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Cooper says renewable fuels like ethanol can play a part in those policies. Especially in the near term. We have a product that is here today at scale um, that can significantly reduce greenhouse gas emissions from liquid transportation fuels, and we ought to be taking advantage of that. The creation of the renewable fuel standard has seen ethanol plants grown from grow from eight has seen ethanol plants grow from 81 to more than 205 across the country, and ethanol per, and ethanol production capacity has grown from about four billion gallons in 2005 to about 16 billion gallons to about 60 billion gallons in 2020. With the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network. Unfortunately, John Payne unavailable this afternoon. We'll still take a quick recap of the day's trade and how the settlements look here on the grain trade. Wheat is going to be our leader to the top side today as the afternoon trade starts. Take corn and soybeans lower. Uh, both those ending in a little bit of a mixed trade with just light buying in the front months and selling back on the deferred contracts. Now, this all coming ahead of tomorrow's Wazdeer World Outlook and Supply and Demand Report from the World Outlook Board and USDA. There will be a lot of back and forth because going to this trend line yields estimated up around 180 bushels for corn, 51 bushels per acre for soybeans. Near all-time record levels could be some of the biggest harvests the U.S. has ever seen. Now throw in one more uh, quandary coming in ahead of the report, and that's those strong winds and strong thunderless storms that we saw move out across Iowa yesterday just flattening crops, unfortunately taking out a lot of grain storage and farm infrastructure as well. 
So with all that coming together, what will happen tomorrow? Will the trade take the report with a grain of salt? Will we see the analytical traders pull all of the data and trade it as if nothing happened there? So uh, next week we do have the Pro Farmer Crop Tour coming out. So that may help to shed more light on just how much damage was done. Eckstone's early estimates here today saying that the possible damage in Iowa could result in a national yield loss of 25 to anywhere as high as 4.5 bushels. Again, though, those very early, very rough estimates on possible yield loss there. Just trying to gauge it from the producer that they talked with overall. Now, you can see the latest on the pre-WASDA report by visiting RuralRadio.com. There we have the table and everything listed out. But again, with that 180 yield, that would put up the U.S. corn average estimate for U.S. corn production at over 15.163 billion bushels. Soybeans at a 51.4 bushel per acre. That would put them at 4.278 billion bushels, which then leads us to where will stockpiles go? Well, corn stockpile estimates coming in at 2.263 billion, soybeans 615 million, and wheat just a shade over a billion bushels as well. And then you look here at the 2021 stockpiles. That's where we really start to see those big numbers. With corn coming in just shy of 2.8 billion bushels, that is well above July's 2.648 billion bushels. So a lot to contend with here coming in tomorrow's wise report. Of course, we also got crop progress out yesterday. That actually started to align with typically what we see this time of year with a little bit of a dwindling there in that corn crop due to the heat stress here in the late summer. We saw national corn estimates drop 1% to 71% good excellent, while soybeans on the other hand actually rose 1% per, or 1% to 74% good excellent. In Nebraska, we saw a similar continuing with uh, increases there on the grains. We saw Nebraska corn up 1%, 78% good to excellent. Nebraska soybeans up 2% to 79% good to excellent. So that not helping over the overall bullish narrative going into today's trade or into tomorrow's estimate where the crop looking fairly healthy, but still a lot to consider. Unfortunately, no John Payne this afternoon. Thank you very much, Clay. That'll wrap up today's edition of Midday. If you want to go back and listen to any of our interviews or segments, you can listen to our Midday Podcast, which is available for free on iTunes or KRVN.com. Our Midday Podcast is sponsored by Deveni Motors.